Hey, let's kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you free every week from the folks at, well, where else? Geekinthecity.com. You can also watch us stream the show weekly every Tuesday on twitch.com forward slash geekinthecity at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. If you enjoy the show, you can also help us out over on patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity. Your support there helps us do more content and create more shows and overall make it a better experience for you, the best audience in the world. As always, always share the show and make some comments for us or give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms you enjoy listening to this show on. And with that, let's kick off this all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. From the Guardian Game Studios. Ooh. I am, uh, I'm, and I'm your other host, Mouth Noises Beanerita. Is this what we're doing this time? And, and phone noises. And, and I am your other other host, Cable Hashitani. Really? We spent. There were so many other things going spent on. 45 minutes setting up, and you forgot to unmute your phone. I was focused on on you and your troubles. Uh, no, of, that's of not going to work. Cords and, and that's not going to microphones. work microphones. There's going to be more troubles because I'm going to try to do something with my mic. Oh god! Here. Oh god! Boogity boogity! Yep. And so. that's when the podcast suddenly ended. <laughs> uh, so turns out that uh, pulling all your equipment out of your house and bringing it to an, a room to be together has an adjustment period. Yeah, you guys forgot how fun this was to do, huh? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> once, once we, you know, get our legs under us, our sea legs, and you know, it'll just be like oh, it'll be so simple. It'll be like old times, yeah. Well, no, the old times were also flawed. <laughs> yes, that that's, this is also true. <laughs> I'm not going to go into details, but everything has its everything has its stuff. Yes, it's uh, that's true. Um, pros and cons. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh my god, it has been a week, and it is only Tuesday for me. This, that has been my refrain for a month, going on a month and a half, is every Tuesday I go, wow, what a week. <laughs> Just so someone can go, it, it's Tuesday, Lemon. It's, it's Tuesday, Lemon, yes. Is it you? Are you the one saying it's yes, Tuesday, Lemon? I am. <laughs> my, my inner Jack Donovan. I don't have an inner Jack Donovan. I have an outer Jack Donovan. That's, <laughs> like, let's be, let's be blunt and, and truthful. Yes. Uh, you know, I've only seen like three episodes of 30 Rock. Yeah, then you've seen them all. Ah, all right. Good to know. <laughs> Booyah. It's a harsh criticism. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I figured. It didn't, I didn't click with mm. 30 Rock the way that I clicked with Parks and Rec. And I think it's because Parks and Rec is kind and at its core 
kindness is where its comedy comes from. And with 30 Rock, um, mean-spirited teasing is where their comedy comes from. I had never really dissected them in that way, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, there is no real evolution to the characters and the, the, the arcs of the people in 30 Rock like, like there is in Parks and Rec. No, in Parks and Rec, they teach you how to deal with depression by making puppets. Because, <laughs> be honest, would a depressed person make this? Sorry, there's my whole... <laughs> uh, I really loved that show. It's Parks really and Rec, good. I did yeah. too. The first season's rough, but the first season almost every show was rough. The first season it was trying to be The Office. And then... and Which I, I don't like. Oh, I can't watch The Office either. Like, yeah. I can watch clips of The Office now. I made it to... I started watching the first season and made it to the HR meeting mm-hmm. for um, sensitivity training. And I went, okay, I'm out. I am done. And everyone's like, but it's so hilarious. It's like, I work in an office with these fucking people. I am not <laughs> at all going to watch a show about this. Mm. It's like, but that's what makes it funny. It's like. So you sit through a shitty office job all day long and then go home to watch it on TV to laugh? Yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, no, no. That that makes sense. Like, if you find it relatable uh, and you have a shitty office job with, like, dipshit coworkers, sometimes all you can do is laugh, right? And at least in this in this setting, it's not you actually having to pick up the pieces of whatever dumbassery your your manager does. Yeah, but you I, can you can just sit back and laugh because that is not your circus, not your monkeys, like it is during the day. I think though that. <laughs> By the way, That's the new great. USB preamp, I can program sound effects. I I That's like good. how you chose not to tell us that. Yeah, ahead of time. <laughs> it's more it's more surprising. It's funny that way. <laughs> I, I, I got to create that point, but I do think that uh, part of the problem is that everyone thinks they're Jim or Pam, not realizing that they're actually Michael or Dwight what? or someone even worse. Roy. Sure. I, I know Jim, Pam, and then Steve Carell. I mean, I want Mindy. I mean, I know some of the performers. I don't know their characters, like Mindy Kaling. And actually, a lot of them use their real first names. Yeah. So. Oh. Like Except Oscar. S- Steve Carell is Michael. And Rain Wilson is um, Dwight. That one, yeah, I remember that one. So those are the only four that I know. Dwight and... And those are the only characters who aren't using the actor's first name because those are like the key characters from the British one, Mm -hmm. I believe. Don't quote me. I didn't really watch that one. But I'm never going to watch that one. That one's got Ricky Gervais. I can't understand what they're saying. Also Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Ricky Gervais... I've never understood the love for him. He's kind of a... He no, he's not kind of. He is a colossal dick. <laughs> yeah, I I never quite got the appeal to him. I get that he is he is smart. Um, he's very observant. Of course, he tells um, you all the goddamn time. Yeah, that's true. But like, yeah, I never, I never got the appeal to him because he's just mean mm-hmm. about it. Um, it's also the same reason why, and this is probably going to get into a whole nother like thing. Uh, what was his name? Was it uh, Christopher Hitchinson that was the like weird to say hardcore atheist? Oh, Christopher Hitchens, yeah, yeah, he was a dick. Yeah, 
I don't care if I agree with him on a lot of stuff. He was a he was a dick. Yeah, that that's the problem with most um, known and named atheists. Yeah, is they are also dicks. It's like great. So you've basically proven that on either side of that particular aisle, once you are a known entity in that, you're a dick. Yeah, I mean the only one I can think of who is a you know is an atheist but not a dick is probably Stephen Fry. Yes, but that probably comes from the fact that he's. But well, we're just going all over the place. Well, we did say it was going to be a banter. It's going to be banter. Because I do believe Stephen Fry has been publicly outed for decades, and he's probably had to deal with people being assholes to him. So he's like, well, I'm not going to be that which was directed at me. Yeah. Or he's just kind. It's, something tells me that Hitchens was a dick before he became an atheist. I believe so. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, oh, uh, for those who were wondering... Um, He's not waiting in the wings. We will not be joined by B. Dave Walters this week um, because, and this isn't a big secret, because he has been on Twitter posting his slow recovery since getting back from COVID. Um, getting back from COVID. Gen Con, where he caught COVID. <laughs> <laughs> not COVID Con. Yeah. Well, aren't Although, they all now? Eh. Um, yeah, I reached out to him yesterday and said, hey, like, I noticed on your Twitter you're still fighting this. Like, I know you like don't like to cancel things, but just right. FYI, don't feel bad. Um, yeah, don't don't feel bad about let's reschedule for you. I you know rest up because um, I know when you're recovering from COVID, even if you're on the upswing. Like literally, I've heard from people that are like I just sat up and tried to play video games all day, and I'm tired. Yep. You know, and even now I'm like reading when doctors are like, look, once you're over it and you feel fine, like still give yourself two to three weeks of doing almost nothing because your body is still reacting to potentially long COVID, so don't push it. Unless you're the CDC, and then it's... Five days. And even then, they're not telling you to quarantine anymore. They're just telling you, like, oh, fuck it, I, whatever. I no, longer, I no longer care what the CDC tells me because they've caved to capitalist pressure. Yeah. The, which is part of the problem because... We should care what the CDC says about disease. That's the whole point of them. Um, to jump right into, nope, never mind, we're, we're done with this. Everything's that, fine. That puts us in the, the realm of, that's precisely what um, the GOP wants. Because then they can go, see, they were wrong all the time. Now we can defund them. And yeah. we can hire this private company who will do a much better job and because the private sector is where all of these government things should be done. That That is part and parcel the playbook for everything that they do. Yep. Yeah. There's a way to fix that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a few ways, but only one of us doesn't get us on an FBI list. Correct. And they're busy. I don't want to distract them right now. They are busy. <laughs> good for them. Yeah, good times. I mean, I know ACAB and all that, but good for them. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> broken clock is right twice a day. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to reschedule uh, with B-Dave. I'm not sure when. 
because we are getting into our busy season. Yes, we are. But also, he like hosts a lot of horror RPGs, so it might be a good time just to. That's, we're I also would coming. Say bring him in October then. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. Um, so yeah, that'll be great. <clears throat> yeah, someone's saying that's why I came to South. I want to go into our Rose City Comic Con. I don't know if I'm going either because I think I made the organizers angry. Because I kept calling them out for not inviting me. Which I know, I will admit, is a total egotistical dick move. But they are inviting people that haven't put out anything new in like a decade as special guests. And I'm like, literally, hometown writer with a hometown publisher with a comic that takes place in the hometown. And it's doing gangbusters. And it's doing really fucking well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, sure, don't, don't invite me. And then some fans, bless them. Like, jumped on for like, yeah, how come you haven't invited Aaron? So, jerks. <laughs> By the way, just for folks who know, don't go after the people who you think it is because they don't own Rose City anymore. Like, it's not Ron and Mikey. Like, they already feel bad enough that I haven't been invited. And I'm like, dude, it's not your guys' fault. It's not your company. Like, right. <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't feel bad for this, man. It's, it's run by Repop. No, it's not. No, not run by Left, Repop. Who is it? Left Hand Media? Right. Left something media? Right. Um, mm-hmm. which sounds like it should be like a really cool occult group. The left hand, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, it's not. It's whatever. So here's the thing that I just, I know you and I are prone to hearkening back to back in the day when we did stuff. <laughs> when we when we did stuff, we did. We were perfect and everything was done right. That is not no. That's completely wrong. Like you just asked Bill Mudrin about the shouting match that we got into the day before that was totally my fault and I apologized to him in front of as many people as I could um, because I was in the wrong <laughs> <laughs> um, but like that's one of those things you have to learn to admit if you were in charge of a thing and you fuck up you need to be public about the fact that I fucked up this is my fault Yeah. Um, but when you go to things like conventions um, when they're dumb about who should be co- who should come to the show and and, and uh, who should we invite, um, I think that like we have that same problem. Like I I got a list from the board, yeah, and I started going through that list and got crickets. Nothing. I got nothing from nobody. From. From the board or from people you reached from out to? artists and writers for guests. Like, hey, we're doing Stumptown. It's going to be your 10th anniversary. We'd love it if you were there. Nothing. Yeah, but then they get really hurt if you don't. I got nothing for a week and a half. Yeah. Two weeks. Um, and Merrick, who wisely said, hey, you've read this book. You like this person's work. They're doing this. Fuck it. If no one's replying to you, reach out to him. It's like... Well, okay. And I reached out to a writer that barely anyone had heard of. And that man's name was Jesus Christ. That Sorry. man's name was uh, Alish Kott. Oh, yeah. I remember when we invited him. And Alish Kott. So this is, this is my long way of getting to the lesson of how, who should be in charge of your guests at your show. Yes. Um, because Merrick recommended someone who was not yet established but was had the talent had everything that they needed 
it was, well, reach out to them, and they, like, I emailed him at, like, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. And expecting to maybe get a response the following day. I ended up in a two-hour email conversation with him at that time. Gar- as like, I was going to say, I guarantee they don't sleep much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yes, I'd love to do this. It's like, cool. I think it's they. Is he, are they they now? I think. Okay. It's been years since I've yeah. seen Atlas. That's the safest way to go anyway. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. So, um, Atlas, that conversation with Atlas is what built the guest list. We did have a lot of new people. They were all new. And boy, did we make people that were always expected to be invited angry. Mm-hmm. But, they, but those people were also invited. Yeah, no, I know. Every yeah. single one of them. Um, and some of them did say, yes, we'll show up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that's how we got Ming Doyle. That's how we got Becky Cloonan. Yeah. That's how we got uh, Cena Grace. Justin uh, Jordan. Yeah, Justin Jordan. And Trad Moore. Jesus and we had like more. we had like a murderer's row of 2010s comic creators. Oh, it was it was uh, 2013. Well, I mean that yeah, like that era. Yeah. The, because the following year, every single one of the guests were working at DC or Marvel on high end projects. Riley Rosmo. Oh yeah, yeah. All of these, all of these folks. I think Riley Rosmo was the, uh, like that suggestion came from Jim. Jim Valentino. He's like, hey, I got this kid. Yeah. And I went, okay, done. That was a show where Riley gave me permission to use any of his characters in a book I was working on at the mm-hmm. time. And vice versa. He's like, can I play with him? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. So <laughs> the, the lesson is find people who are looking for something new in comics. Like, Merrick knew all of these names because she was actively working at Bridge City. Right. And was going, I'm not reading everything that DC Marvel puts out, I'm looking for everything else that's interesting. So every time I came back to her with a name, it's like, oh yeah, they do this and this, it's, they're great. Oh yeah, they, they do this book, that was fantastic. I'm like, cool, I'm not in the know, so right. if you say these people are good, then I'm inviting them. Yeah. And that's what you have to do in comics, is the person who's working logistics for guests, reach out to the new people, get new butts from seats. From what I can see, and again, this is just cementing Rose City not wanting me at their show. Um, <laughs> they're kind of they're reaching out and probably spending money on like big names. Like we're getting Jim Lee. Yep. I don't know if Jim Lee does appearances for free. No. I kind of doubt it. Why would he? I wouldn't. If I was by the, if I was Jim Lee, I wouldn't do appearances. He's for free. a top executive at DC Comics and and. Oh, Warner Brothers. Yeah, and the dude draws a splash page, and it's like, here's 20K. Yeah. And I'm not knocking him. He did a lot of really great charity work during COVID, too. Like, that dude was a charity-drawn beast. Uh, I'm. There's only one founding member of Image that I will ever get throw flack at, so. And it's not Jim Lee. <laughs> you got a cool name. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so, uh, that was a long way back to say, I don't know if I'll be going to Rose City either. They are enforcing the masks and that's, and and vaccines, so yeah. that's a something. That's great. That's a something. That is great. They didn't do that last year, did they? Yes, they did. Okay. Uh, but only after Metro forced their hand. Right. So that's. Um, but about three months or so ago, they sent out a questionnaire to anyone that was on their mailing list, saying, "You know, would you be more strongly encouraged to attend if we?" And then you had the drop down pick from, you know, mm-hmm. mask optional, whatever. 
um, the cynical person in me was like, they're asking this because they're hoping that the majority says they don't care about masks so they can say like, we asked our audience and they didn't care. We're just doing the will of the people. Mm-hmm. Well, the will of the people were like, no, I want masks and vaccine cards. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure a lot of that was still in reaction to Emerald City going, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. And I think Emerald City has tried to rescind that a bit. I think, but the, it's already it's out there now. Yeah, no, th- that's a genie out of the bottle. Yeah. Them. Yeah, that's the toothpaste out of the tube. Ew. Yeah. Well, at least when the genie's out of the bottle, you can get something out of it. You just got to be real careful with how you word it. Right. <laughs> but there's... Th- there's going to be a whole movie about that. Oh, man. Was it, yeah, 3,000 Years of Longing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm super excited. What? Well, there's... All... Yeah, it's... Here's the pitch. Tilda Swinton, Idris Done. Elba. Done. Okay. Idris Elba's a genie. So he's got pointy ears. Which is funny. Interesting. And Tilda Swinton looks to be a very neurotic person that can't decide what she should use her wishes on. It, so it, he apparently tells her stories yeah, of it feels, things that have gone wrong when people ask him of wishes. It feels very Arabian Nights. Yes. Um, see also what we do in the shadows where their djinn mm-hmm. grants 52 wishes. One a week? Uh, you have to watch the current season. Okay. And what's also great is every time that Jin grants a wish, he keeps a fountain. He keeps a pen on him. He goes, done. Oh, was it a pen? I thought it was a um, a counter. No, like it's a a, it's just a pen because he's he's dressed as like a really tired bureaucrat, like a paper pusher. Because <laughs> remember, he also has he always has a clipboard on him or or a notebook. He's like, oh, you're right. He doesn't have that notebook. Uh, he also does not keep count for you. Of, no. of the wishes. So yeah. if you uh, if you lose count of how many wishes you've made, yeah. that's on you. How many wishes do I have left? I can't tell you that. Damn it. Yeah. And he is a djinn, not a genie. Yeah. No? I, yeah. I caught the, uh, yeah. the distinction. They make a point that he is a djinn, not a genie. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Yeah. And this is all true. Uh... <laughs> Uh, you know what? Let's take a quick break, and then we'll get back to whatever the hell else we're going to talk about on Geek City Radio, live from Guardian Games. <laughs> well, like we just said, this is a great place for us to take a break and talk about our sponsors. First up, uh, of course, is Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They are, quite frankly, one of the greatest game stores in the country. And you just need to stop by and find out why for yourself. Uh, Not only do they now let a really cool podcast uh, record from one of their gaming suites, um, but, you know, they run summer workshops, which are, you know, are wrapping up. There's always programs going on. In-store gaming is back. Friday Night Magic is back. Tournaments, Warhammer, miniatures. All the in-store gaming items and events that you loved are back in Guardian Games. Uh, Just, you know, as always, be safe, be cool about it. Um, you know, a critical sip is open for those who are 21 and over if you wish to enjoy a fine adult beverage while uh, playing your games or shopping. Critical sip is available with a fine array of uh, adult themed beverages. They, of course, have soda and water and all that good stuff, too, that every gamer needs to stay hydrated. What I'm saying is that it doesn't matter what kind of gaming you're into and what type of game you want to play and how you want to play it. Guardian Games is your one-stop source for all of that. And when you're in there picking up your whatever, please 
tell the person at the counter or the person who helped you that you are here because they are a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. It goes a long way, um, helps us keep the show running, and you know we've got some partnerships coming up with them. They're going to be a lot of fun. None of that can happen without you telling folks that work there that you thank them for sponsoring Geek in the City Radio. Just like RevNat of RevNat's Hard Cider, even though we are now recording together in the same room, that doesn't mean that RevNat does not help us out and lend a hand to give you the fine podcasting entertainment. This week, he just if you're on his email list, uh, you would have gotten this email, but if not, this week is uh, he's setting up his annual food supply, or food supply, school supplies drive there. So if you just go to shop.revnats.com, you can see an item there where you just say request a school supply pickup and his delivery folks will come to your house and pick up any school supplies you may have purchased. Uh, there's a He's got a website on shoprevnats.com that'll tell you which school supplies are in great need this year. Uh, and no, you do not have to buy cider. This is just something he believes in and he does. Um, you are, of course, you're encouraged to buy cider or maybe throw some money in the tip jar for the delivery folks who are coming by. But if you are only able to donate some school supplies that you picked up, that is what this program is really about. So don't feel like you have to buy cider to participate. You most definitely do not. Um, so yeah, that's just one of the many ways beyond fine beverages that uh, RevNat helps out the community. The 2022 Back to School Supply Drive. RevNat's Hard Cider. Let's get back to the newest issue of Geek in the City Radio. On we're back! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one day we might actually have pre-recorded commercials that we can all get up and grab something and rush back or whatever, but we'll see. If you would like to sponsor the show, drop us an email at gitcradio at gmail.com. Do it. Do Sponsors. it. Sponsors! Yeah, I know. It'll be good. Um... What sponsors do we want? If I, man, I'll take anybody right now. Also, if you're hiring, you can send an email to geekinthecity at gmail.com. Uh, Aaron needs work badly. Because um, he works in comics. Well, you know who's advertising real hardcore? If you're really ready to take anybody, there's that uh, there's that app game. Which one? Best Fiends. Ev- everyone is advertising for Best Fiends right now. I don't know what It's an app game. Don't give me any more. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Ble- just bleep it out. Bleep I, it out later. I thought you were going to roll into like a fucking um, uh, behind the bastards and you are going to like go into some like rant about Raytheon. <laughs> about no, shooting missileized no, arrows. I'm not going to steal another podcaster's bit. Especially <laughs> not if he probably has more listeners than I do. There's no probably about it. <laughs> I, I, I do believe he averages about 10 million a month. Uh, yes, so, uh, yeah. Uh, Fuck you, Robert. Because he gets to do it for a living. Mm-hmm. Who is that? Robert Evans. I don't know who this it, is. It's a legit good show. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for it's, sure. It's really well researched, and per, and yeah, it's good. Like, I have been so far down the um, the horror podcast rabbit hole lately that I... Yeah. Yeah, I've switched from all D&D live play to right. dive right back into horror. Nice. Uh, at work, uh, the door to true crime podcasts has been open to me, and so that's that's well, where I'm yeah. wasting most of my Man, time now. White women love true crime podcasts. They sure do. They just live for it. It is weirding me out because so you're looking at me, I'm looking at you. Your camera is reversed. Mine is not. So we're both looking. So we're both looking in the same direction. It looks like we're looking at the same direction, even though we're looking at one another. <laughs> 
Correct. <laughs> so you look away and pretend you're talking at me. I. What? No, that's weird. Can I do this? We are all together. Boop. boop. I'll boop Whoa. that. Okay. So now. Now there's chaos. Hey, look at that. We did it. That's weird. <laughs> and I am over here alone. Forever alone. I can't futz with your camera from here. Oh, I'm so glad this new board has a mute button. Mainly for myself. <laughs> um, well, uh, should we? What? Go ahead. No, nothing. I was like, oh, yeah. What am I supposed to do next time I have to sneeze? Try to give me a heads up and hope I picked the wrong, the right button. We're going to have to, like, figure out some sort of off-camera hand signals. <laughs> the sneeze hand. <laughs> that's not what that means, Bean. No, that's not what that means at all. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just like. Oh, I was just really? Text, I was just texting right now? It. I, we're doing it. <laughs> it's going to be broadcast. It's just the only thing I can ever think of whenever I think think about hand signals, which is silly. The hand jive? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Mind. Anyway. Uh, well, uh, since we're talking about gardening really quick there, the new Spelljammer came out. Adventures in Space! Yes, it did. It's a three-volume set yeah. uh, with a DM's guide. It's 80 bucks. Like it's big though. It's a box set. No, no. I'm saying this is a good thing. Oh, okay. Every other box set that I've ever seen them put out starts at a hundred and goes up. Every single one. This is fantastic. This well, is. Oh, that's true because the the morning that kit that box set with the Mordenkainen. Yeah. Well, that was three books though. It is so Spelljammer. They're smaller books. Okay. But I, I think that the they're basically what does it say the MSRP? Oh wait, I forgot it's Watsy. Watsy doesn't believe in MSRPs. Watsy, if you would like to us to for me to be personally less pissy about you and your business practices, <laughs> sponsor Geek in the City Radio, um, <laughs> or just hire Aaron every time he applies for a job that he knows he'd be really good at. Also, Watsy is like. Always has like fifty job openings. Mm-hmm. I don't think they ever actually hire anybody. I think they just. I think HR just creates job openings to justify their job. That may or may not be true. That's <laughs> all. There's also a lot of internal movement that yeah. you have to create those postings no, I know. for. Just say it. Um. Like I, I know a guy. True, you can't make I know another record. guy. I know two guys. Hmm. Okay, we'll talk. Okay. Yeah, you can't you can't make a requisition without a job description. So that's true. Just saying, it's all the time. <laughs> anyway, also jammer. add on MSRPs. Yes, um, but yeah, the, like the the three books are what are the three books? You've Astral got Adventurer's Guide, a sixty-four page hardcover book for players and dungeon masters that presents mm-hmm. the astral plane. As a campaign setting, and includes space-based character options, spells, and magic items, deck plans, and descriptions for spell jamming ships and more. I really did not think that was going to be one massive sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, almost as if someone at Watsy might need a copy editor. You know who would be a great copy editor? Aaron Duran. That sounds like a good idea. This has just become, let's get Aaron a job, the podcast. <laughs> Which is totally fine. I mean, I'm I'm here for it. Last year was my turn, so sure. Yeah, I mean, if you I've all been want- employed here for eight and a half years, so I'm good. Shit. Uh, if you all want to have this podcast continue to exist, Aaron needs a job. 
or, or, to, or to put out books, anything. Or, or there's there is one other option. Uh, what's the price tag to fund the um, the show? All three of us paid. Oh, like we don't have to do anything else ever again. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, what do you guys need a month to live? T- no. Well, I no longer uh, price myself to live. I just, well, you know I, I, mean. just I, I just give you my my price, my cost. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. You got to factor in that it becomes a, it is a small business. It's got to do its own thing. Mm-hmm. So come up with that number. Okay. We will we'll talk about it in future shows. If there is, maybe that's how we start going. This is what we do. This is our job. Is put a price tag on it? Put a price tag on it. A good start. Honestly, I just ran quick numbers in my head. For all three of us mm-hmm. and paying for the show. $25,000 a month. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. There it is. That's, that's what it would take. Somebody write that down. Because FYI, people that are like, oh, you've got a, you know, you've had like a major. It was recorded. Yeah. You just... I've, had a, I've had a people say like, well, why is it so like rough? You're. You've got a like a major book out. How's that doing? I was like, it's doing well. This is not like throwing shade on any publisher. This is just unfortunately the nature of comics. I haven't received any money for Season the Bruja since December of 2020. Uh, that is when I turned in the last part of my script and I got the last of my advance. And then I haven't seen a dime since then. Uh, it came out in March of this year. Mm-hmm. I finally got sales numbers on issue one, which were really great. And I'm sure some people were like, don't talk about this. Actually, comic people, you need to start talking about this. Quit being quiet about it. Um, we are in the era of the worker. Everybody should talk to everybody else about what they make and how much and why. Yeah, yes. and again, I'm not annoyed at Oni. I actually know that I have a pretty good deal for a, quote, first-time creator. I'm, I'm really not. Like, I'm actually very impressed and happy with my deal but it is the nature of comics publishing a advances are very very small mm-hmm. unless you're at a certain level like a jim lee or a kelly sue or a bendis or a Gra- you know a ruck you've got to be like in the top five percent of creators to get decent advances and page rates uh, stuff like that and again i'm not mad that's just the nature of how it works mm-hmm. um and then, much like other publishing, the creators of the book do not get paid until the publisher begins to make its money back. Mm-hmm. Oni Press has a significant amount of money into Season of the Bruja because everyone got paid page rates and, and all that stuff. The cost of publishing, the cost of marketing, all those things are factored in into its costs. It has to make all of that back before residuals begin to happen. Issue 1 did very well. Um, I know just by the nature of how comics work, there is a slight chance that on single issues alone, it will cover costs, which means if there are going to be residuals, I won't see them until 90 days after the first trade comes out Mm -hmm. in December. Yep. That's a long time to go without a paycheck. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it is. And I'm not saying I haven't done other things, but that is how comics work. Yes. Yeah, Bex. Yeah. 
it's a rough fucking business. No one does comics because they want to make money. We yeah. all do it because we love the medium. Um, so when you hear articles about it being big business, it is, but not for 90% of the people who make them. Almost all of us have second and third jobs and are hustling to try to maybe do, especially if you're a writer, like three separate titles plus probably two day jobs. Yep. Which you shouldn't have to do. Yeah. And also, we're all freelance. We don't have health care. Yep. <laughs> we have none of that. If you're a fan of comics and you really want to support the people that work in comics, um, start putting, as the consumer, start putting pressure on these companies to give to get health care to get insurance get get um, better pay rates uh, or fucking or, put pressure on some of the other like the writers guild or whatever or mm-hmm. IATSE or whatever let us join we're not allowed to join yep you're not allowed to be a union we're not um, yep we can't join them and we are actually it is against the law for freelance writers to form a union yep if you're not already in so we can't even get like a union healthcare. Yep. Yeah, we get nothing. <laughs> Comics rule. Yep. Uh, to go back to the price tag that you put out for the show. Yeah. I I would also want to break this down for people too. So, twenty five thousand dollars a month. That sounds like a lot of money. It sure does. And it is. That's three hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. That also sounds like a lot of money. It does. Um, let's say. 150000 of that is show operational costs. That's half. That's exactly what it would be because the yes. show would have to pay its own taxes. Yep. Uh, all of that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that would then mean the three of us would gross each fifty grand a year, mm-hmm. which is still not a lot of money. Yeah. That is not That's buying gross. a yacht. And then take 23% off the $50,000. That is what we would roughly... Yep. Net. Let's yep. find that. So, like, I always like doing these mathematics mm-hmm. um, to show people. It's like, this is, like, when you throw a number at people, they're like, oh, that's a lot. It's like, no, it's not. It is this. That is what this comes down to. And then you go, oh. Yeah. It's like 50 grand a year is a living wage. Mm-hmm. If if that was your net, not your gross. Yes. Yeah. If you were netting fifty grand a year, you can afford a studio apartment in Gresham, in the metro area. Bleh. That's uh... yeah. Just trying to like do some math in my head. And we're not trying to be like all like downer and stuff. But I think there's this impression that if you do this stuff, it's just you must be doing it, so you must be enduring. And like you don't know that. Um, like, um, again, I don't want to speak out of... He's been really public about this, and I could get the dates wrong, but Jim Zub, comic book writer I really like. Mm-hmm. Really good guy, does a lot of great comics. I don't think he stopped his day jobs until maybe a couple years ago when he finally felt comfortable not being a lawyer, I believe, and or law professor. Jeez. Okay. And he's been writing comics for, I think, over a decade. Yeah. And he writes fun. He writes fun books. He does. Uh, really fun books. I like almost everything he writes. Um, by the way, Google Jim Zub if you're curious about the business of comic writing. He's made so much stuff for free on his blog, and he 
has so many tips. It's like without, it's like priceless how many tips and advice he gives. And it's very much like, I'm not trying to discourage you, but like, here's the truth. Oh, after taxes, that's $38,000 a year. Okay. It's not a lot. No. Yeah. It's 3K a month. Barely, right? No. No. Never mind. You're right. Boy, math hard. Well, yeah, it, yeah. No, you're right. It's it's about thirty two hundred a month, so yeah. I'm doing other math in my head. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just, uh, well, no, I'm sorry. We're making you feel like you're you're a home ec. But if only American economics classes did more than teach us how to write checks. You learned how to write checks in home ec. That's yeah. all. Not yeah. home ec, but like economics. We didn't have home ec anymore. They got rid of it. I I learned to write checks in home ec. Yeah. They didn't teach us actual budgeting. They just taught us how to write a check. I, I also... And to balance our checking account. At, at what age or what grade? I was in um, middle school and high school. Yeah. Eighth grade to freshman year. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Bear in mind, I learned <laughs> how to do this in the Stone Age. So... Back when checks were the the common currency. No, no, no. I'm not saying the thing about checks is weird. Oh. I'm, I'm saying I learned how to write a check when I was like... Eight, good. Maybe, maybe like ten in school. But it was elementary school. Yeah. Oh, that's a no, no. Huh. Yeah, yeah. We actually like made our own checkbooks out of construction paper and paper, and then learned how to balance a checkbook. Oh yeah, no. I mean, my I was, parents taught. Uh, I was in the eighth grade anyway, for but... that. Weird. Yeah. That mm-hmm. seems. I don't know. I mean, like people don't even write a check anymore. But by you the way, should still know how to balance a checkbook. That was the, it's the that... same. It's the same money. Yeah, that was the extent of our economics. By the way. Is how to balance a checkbook? Yeah, that was it. There was no talk or about... how to write the check. How to write the check okay. and then to track it. Right, okay. Because it's literally, it was simple mathematics. Like, why would you have to teach that? I mean... Subtraction. There are a lot of people, even my age, who don't know how to do that. So it is it is important to know how. Like the, obviously, the check part, less important nowadays. Sure. But the how to balance your bank account... Very important. No. What they should be teaching you is how the banks are going to try and screw you. Yep. Oh, yes. Sure. They don't teach that. Sure. No. They no, don't. they just teach you how to be a very good cog in the machine <laughs> to continue to produce and consume. Oh, I'm just getting all like, grr. <laughs> oh, Bex also learned uh, learned this in elementary. So yep. I guess they just they just changed when they thought you needed to know how to do that. I guess so. Although when you two were in elementary school, well, no, Bex is, I think, between us in years, or the same age. I always thought Bex was about my age. Okay. She always teased me about this. In my head, Bex is eternally younger. Mm. <laughs> um, we'll leave it up to her if she wants to tell us how old she is. Yeah, but when you I've guys were met her, I've only when you guys were in elementary age. school, I probably was in. Where well, because we're seven, eight years apart. Eighty-four. Yeah, seventy-six. That's, That's eight, years. eight years. Yeah. Okay, I was out of high school. When you were yeah, 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 okay. yeah. You were graduating when okay. I was in okay. eighth grade. Yeah. 13 years. Anyway, so. You were well out of high school. This is a long way to say that all me right, saying that. All right, all right. Don't make it gross. This is a long way. <laughs> Although, that does remind me of one of the things we're going to talk about today. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, you know, we'll roll into that in just a minute. Uh, I was about to say, this is a long way to say that, like, when I quoted $25,000 a month to run the show, people were like, are you fucking nuts? 
It does sound like a lot of money, but we also live in an expensive world. Expensive yeah. country. Yeah. And again, if this show made enough that this is all we had to do, this is clearly not all we would do. Everyone would love to have us do more events. We could host the streaming stuff that we've always wanted to do. Like, we could have a, th- whatever, a Wednesday night streamed D&D. Like, all the things people think that we should do, that they would love us to do. We'd probably have a more structured show because we we'd have more time to we dedicate have time to, to plan it. Every time I'm like, you guys should do what like, Critical Hit are doing and, you know, what the Adventure Zone are doing. I'm like, yeah, those are all heavily financially backed shows. They do have another advantage, um, especially the Adventure Zone. Um, I'm going to, not to put the McElroys on blast. I don't know them personally. I would love to. No. I love their show. Love their work. Um, Big fan. There, oh God! There are times that Clint will just say things, and I'm like, "Oh God, man, can you stop being such an old man?" Also, I'm the only one that got that joke. Fuck. <laughs> so, um, but they are part of a larger network, and that network has a pledge drive every year. Right. So, like, there there are ways that people are out there making a living off of this, which is why whenever we talk to anyone that works in podcasting, and we say, "Oh yeah." Uh, Geek in the City has been around for 17 years. Their jaw hits the fucking floor. Yeah. Because you, Aaron Duran, have kept this going for that amount of time. Such a masochist. Without, well, yes, but also. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. That, like, you have a. We've been talking about you. You and I have been talking about you a lot these Lately, however, maybe because you get the really long rants out of me at like nine o'clock at night, and I'm like, mother, yep. And and that, and I'm there for you, man. Like, (laughs) you have been there for me, you have been there for me. Like, I'm there for either one of you at any, like, it's like, hi, uh, I need a thing, I'm there, I'll be right there, right? Um, but the you love what you do, yeah, so much. And, and it doesn't matter what that is that you are doing. You love it. And then that just, you can't quit. No. And it's not. And I'll a, be honest. There have been times I have wanted to be like, I'm fucking done with this show. Yeah. Because no one, whatever. At some point, we're going to be too old, right? Yeah, no, I like, know. Like, can we really continue to talk about pop culture after a certain age? Or should we be like passing the torch, you know? I actually had a conversation with uh, Prime in uh, his kitchen, in Aaron's <laughs> kitchen, about that same thing, where it's a uh, neuter. She's gonna sneeze. She gave you the signal. The signal is <laughs> the signal is finger Hitler mustache. Apparently, finger nose. <laughs> finger nose. Um, yeah, except for like now, I've called attention to it and I scared it away. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> Now you're just going to sneeze all over this. <laughs> I know. It's fantastic. Um, it's fine. The, the halon will drop from the ceiling for <laughs> COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. That's a joke. Anyway. You were saying. Um, no, I was talking to Prime about the fact that uh, we, we were talking about younger generations. And, like, I said, look, in my 40s, my 40s is when I realized that I had moved out of the, you're no longer Buffy. Like, you are you are Buffy Summers from, like, your teenage years through mm-hmm. your 20s, sometimes maybe into your early 30s. Once you pass the 40 mark, yeah. you are Giles. Yeah, Giles is cooler anyway. 
but your job is no longer, I am the chosen one, I am the one that needs to fix this. Your job is to help the chosen one. And that is, as we get older, that is our job. Sure. Um, so you're saying we should quit. No, I'm not saying we should quit. <laughs> Good night, uh, everybody. I, I, am, I am saying that just because we get older doesn't necessarily mean that we are aged out of doing things like this. We can still have relevant opinions and um, different takes on how pop culture is affecting us and our society and uh, various cultures. Um, and I think it comes down to are we also willing to grow and be connected to uh, the changes that are happening that are often driven by youth, but not only. Um, youth by itself should not be a virtue, which we'll also get into the... Oh, yeah, we're going to uh-huh. do... Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. But, no, we keep teasing this. We should probably... But yeah. yeah, so anyway, that's... Speaking of... It's a little bit behind the curtain there. Yes. Sorry. All this to say... Uh, Spelljammer looks cool. Uh, Spelljammer does look cool. You can be a space monkey. <laughs> or you can you can actually play like living goo. Here's my favorite thing about the new Spelljammer, and I found this out when they were running kids camp last week, mm-hmm. and uh, I was talking about it with the DMs. I'm like, look, I don't, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know anything about Spelljammer. I don't Jammer. watch movies. I don't watch movies. Um, I say that to so many people, and they're just like... It's like, never mind. I don't even remember what's that from at this point. It's from Clerks. It's not even like one of the bigger lines of Clerks, but it's stuck in my head. Yeah. Yeah, I hit the video search. Are these any good? I don't know. I don't don't watch movies. movies. (laughs) It's one of the best deliveries in that whole movie. But Spelljammer in the old days, old Spelljammer was very pirate focused and and Corsair and. Yes. You know, swashbuckling adventures, which also meant a lot of violence. New Spelljammer is Starfleet. Yep. It is focused I've even on, read a review of like how can you play you can now play Star Trek in D&D. Yeah. Yeah. It is designed to be um, focused on education and exploration and finding new life and new civilizations and not killing them. Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can still get your pirate fight on. Yeah. You know. Like there's still plenty of room in D&D for murder hobos. Also, stop being murder hobos. Um <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. Spelljammer. Go get it. I'm gonna after this show. If you're in Portland, get it from Guardian Games. We have so many copies of the shiny special I, edition cover. Dude, that cover's so pretty, and one of them has the giant space hamster. Yes, it does. Yeah. The other has the giant space hippo. Would mm-hmm. that be Boo's Astral Menagerie? It is mm-hmm. Boo's That's Boo. Astral Menagerie. Boo you know is Boo? from second edition. Too. I don't know Boo. Uh, Minsk and Boo. It's a barbarian and his pet hamster. Mm. That Jim Zub has written comics about. That's the only reason I know who J- uh, uh, Minsk and Boo are yeah. is because of Jim Zub's D and D comics. Yep, and and Boo is an old school D and D second edition. It's not a newish thing. It's he's been around for a while. And you know, creepy ass illithid ships with flying nautilus. Yep, not a, you. Yeah, I think that one of the DMs threw a fucking mind flare at the campers last week. I'm yeah. like, it is, it is Tuesday, my dude. Why did you bring a mind flare into this? <laughs> Kids got to grow up sometime. 
that's a that's a hell of a way to get kids to grow up. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, speaking about, well, we'll just keep segueing this. Speaking <gasps> of not giving people enough time to grow up. Okay. Uh, so let's, yeah. Well, let's let's. Uh, oh let's, my God, let's start with the Orville, yes. New Horizons, New Horizons, and the Orville in general, which yeah. we were all. Pretty excited about, right? Mm-hmm. Well, well we still am. Mostly. I know that you and I both had that sort of like, well, if you can't get name brand generic, mm-hmm. we'll do vibe. Um, but we did still want to watch it. Yeah. and If maybe not as excited as we had been the first time the Orville came into I, our... I mean, I yeah. was the same way until I saw the first couple episodes and I went, oh right, my, right. oh, okay. Yeah, it was after that first episode where it's like, we're going to talk about suicide. It's like... Okay. They came in hard and fast. And yes. stayed there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so all this to say you that... You can almost hear Lamar in the background chuckling at us. Uh, I obviously did not research this because, again, full-time job. Um, I'll just rub it in. <laughs> sorry. Um, Seth MacFarlane is not the only person... <coughs> creating these stories at this point, right? There's a writer's room. There's other people who are like, yes, you can do that. No, you can't do that. Um, Although clearly things are better now for, for, for the creative process or for the creativity of the show being on Hulu rather than being on Fox. Oh, uh, so he says, as of this week, it's It's, now on Disney, which is basically what we'll determine if we get a season four of how well it does on Disney Plus. It That's where the Disney numbers Plus. are really going to matter. Now. Ah, okay, interesting. Like, um, I went over to Matthews last night. We watched A Tale of Two Topas, um, and he's like, "Do you mind if we watch it on Disney Plus now?" I'm like, "I don't care." It's like I, I want to give him the clicks. It's like, yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, Whenever I rewatch it, that's where I'll do it at. So all of this to say that the foundation of this is we love the art that is the Orville. Mm -hmm. It is saying a lot of important things. It is doing what sci-fi is supposed to do. Um, But this is a... You can love the art and and still have valid criticisms of the artist. Right. And you you brought this up in conversation. It's like, no, 100%. We need to talk about that. So I was catching up on episodes because I've been behind. I watched the first one, you know, when we were all ready to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I kind of jumped on it right away, but then I, I got distracted with other things. Life. and Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, other shows. Yeah. I still have my TV time. Sure. Uh, less now than usual. Uh, <laughs> I just forgot about the Orville on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, and so now fucking I've been... Sandman started in the middle of that. Ooh, We've got yeah. She-Hulk this I still week. haven't it's watched. Yes. I still haven't started Sandman. Only Murders has a new season. Sidebar, the kid that's playing Morpheus mm-hmm. walks, talks, and poses like he was fucking drawn by any number of the artists that drew him. I've, I've seen, like, He's, yeah, images. Yeah, it looks like Sam. Way Kate, younger looks... looking than I expect him to be, expect the character to be, but that's, otherwise. That's I because agree. it's Neil Gaiman in, in the comics, and so you're always associating with Sandman should look like whatever Neil Gaiman currently looks like. At least that's what I do. <laughs> I should clarify, I only just started reading Sandman mm. so as to like be able to more better appreciate the show Sandman. So I do not have a lot of strong tie-ins like other other gotcha. fans, long-time fans would have. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. Like every time he just stands or poses, it's like, did Kelly Jones just draw you that way? Is that what <laughs> happened? 
kind of perfect, though. Yeah. He, oh, man. Just as a human. He pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I get it. The, you know, there's a lot to take in. There, there, yeah, so I wasn't so you really. So behind on the orbit. And so recently, in the last week or so, I've been trying to catch up. And I noticed that the new character, whose name I'm now going to not now not going to remember, Charlie Burke. Thank you. Uh, the new character, Charlie Burke. Went, wow, they're really sh- like shoehorning her into episodes. Like she's around when she doesn't even necessarily need to be. Right? She's getting a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, he's fucking her. <laughs> and sure enough, like Christian's sitting next to me, and he pulls it up, and he's like, "Yep, they're dating." Oh, and I by think. they, you mean Seth MacFarlane is and dating his much younger co-star. Again. Again. That same sentence, that, that entire sentence, again. Yeah, that would be the actress uh, Ann Winters who plays Ensign Charlie Burke. Which is completely different than when Seth MacFarlane was dating Halston Sage, who played Lieutenant Alara Catan in the first season of The Orville. First two seasons. First two was she? Did she make it through? She got halfway. halfway through season two, and I don't know if she left because they broke up or why she left the show. But they worked into the show that her race has that heavy gravity. Yep, that's why they're so strong. And they worked into something where she had a degenerative disease that she was losing her strength. Yep, it was gonna and it was gonna kill her because her body needs that needs to be able to push back basically. Like the space version of, um, oh fuck, what's it called? God damn it, it came right out of my head. We know when you, um, when you come up from the, the ocean to the bends. Thank mm, you. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So how old is uh, how old is this actress? Do we know? Does it say? Uh, I can find out since I have uh, IMDb. IMDb, we would take a sponsorship from you. <laughs> um, <laughs> There would, because like, we use you all the goddamn all the time, time on the show. <laughs> she uh, was born in 1994. So that makes her 28? Uh, sure. My, my high school bum is older than she is. And Seth MacFarlane was, is born in 73. Yep. So, yep. yeah, could easily be daughter. Like so adult Seth MacFarlane is knocking on the door of 50. And he does kind of have a, this is kind of his thing. Yeah. Because he used to date Emily Clark, Amelia Clark. Right, yeah. right. We, so we, we've talked about, we talked about it before when, when it was Hawson Sage, and now it's, it's another even younger model. Now, I'm, I think we're going to get in trouble for being ageist. Like, where's the line between that and, I, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I don't think the issue is if, they are both consenting adults, and if they're into that, great. But yeah, no, yeah, no laws are being. Broken it is here. weird to be a very high-profile science fiction series that talks about various societal evils and ways to make them better, um, and they do it in the metaphor of of science fiction, so that we can take those lessons and try to apply them in the real world. While being that guy that dates his younger coworker, yeah, and it's not—it's not even just the age difference because again, she is a consenting adult. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that he is her boss and they work yeah, together. That's the thing that always seems weird to me—that he is the executive producer. Yeah. He didn't write any of these episodes this season. That's the other thing—he has very little writing control on the show anymore. I think he's more of a money person now. Mm. 
Um, but you're right. He's, and, and the star of his own. And the star, yeah. The, he is the lead and also is the EP on it, the, with both of which come with considerable power structure. It's, it's up there the same reason why, and I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that it is not illegal for a college professor to date a of-age student... But it is highly unethical, and most colleges will fire. I'm just saying, but I'm saying it wasn't illegal. Most colleges will still fire your ass for it. Hollywood is never going to make take that lesson. No, ever, ever, ever. But this is. It also creates a a work environment where dating your coworkers is fine, even when it seems to cause problems. Let's take his other two co-stars, Adrian Pilecki and Scott Grimes who have been married and divorced twice inside of two years. Yeah, are they still married now no, or are they, they apart again? No, they divorced again. Like so you're I knew about there's the first a chance. One. Twice. <laughs> yes. I didn't know Mar- it was twice. No, I... married and divorced twice. Again, they're How many adults. of those times were between uh, production? Like All of this was during COVID. Yeah. Both both marriages, both divorces. During COVID. They got married right after they wrapped season two. Yeah. And then COVID shut everything down, especially the Orville. So, yeah, again, like, they're not breaking any laws or anything. It's messy as shit. Yeah, it, but it's... I think that what, we're, what we are trying to, to critique here is not individual people and their choices. Because they are adults. They can do whatever the hell they want mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. within societal norms. Um, but being that they are also co-workers and celebrities, there is a certain, I don't want to say responsibility, but they, they should certainly take a look at what they are doing and look at the optics of like, what does this say to other people? Mm -hmm. Am I, am I actively contributing to something that is a larger problem? And... I, I don't have a heart not to say that, like, I get all my moral uh, guidance from my, my television or my science fiction, but if if the purpose of your science fiction show is, is you know, trying to emulate the messaging of Star Trek, which is, you know, has a mm-hmm. lot of, like, moral discussions, I don't know, it, it's, like, you're just... You're coming off really bad while also trying to hold the high ground, buddy. Yep. It's, it's just gross. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 and the, the gap keeps getting wider. Does it? I, I don't keep... Well, I guess it does. Well, huh? like he because... keeps getting older, and uh, <laughs> Ann Winters is a year younger than Halston Sage. Jesus. Uh, right, almost, right, almost right. exactly. That, that's and, why she made and, that comment earlier I know. when I did that. And yeah. Amelia Clark. Is older than both of them, but they were dating like six years ago or whatever. Right. So, so how fucking old is Amelia Clark? Minus six years. Right. I mean, they keep getting younger. There was no powers. I guess my big beef. I mean, they're both consenting adults. My always concern would always be the power dynamic. Yep. Um, and to and my knowledge, I don't think Seth MacFarlane had any control over who got cast in Game of Thrones. No. No. Um, that being said, Seth MacFarlane clearly has a type, and it's young blondes. Mm-hmm. Or light browns. Mm-hmm. Just, just young. Just, just increasingly younger. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, see, I learned all my moral lessons from Star Trek, so. Yeah, me too. Which is why when I get into a fight, I lead with the two-handed chop and then butt Butt jump, butt jump attack. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. Um, Yeah, Amelia Clark was born in 1986, so she's two years younger than me. So she was over 36 years ago, but. So that's less weird. That's, you know, that one's fine. You're 40-something, she's 30-something. Cool. Totally fine. And again, like like I I pointed out before, there's a 13-year age difference between Mm -hmm. you and I. There's a 16-year age gap between me and the man I'm married to. Right. So it's not just... And Merrick's the same age as you are. Mm-hmm. So, minus sleep year. Right. Um. Uh, but you're also not her boss. No. Yes. But, I, yeah. Again, age is a weird thing to, to talk about, especially since the majority of male Americans all have this thing about having an 18 year old watch it's like guys that know yeah no that's stop doing that that's gross god i remember that's when i, when I worked in radio the station i worked on didn't do it but we were next to stations that did like literally had the mary kate and ashley olsen countdown yeah. the oh. miley cyrus countdown yep yeah it was fucking creepy yep also radio's gross yeah, by the way. i mean i mean honestly like so what seth mcfarlane is doing is kind of sleazy. When you're actively counting down, I, I think that you should probably be on some sort of a watch list. Yes, you should. Um, okay, well, I, I get, that's why I wanted to talk about it. I'm like, am I just being like judgmental? No. It, and, it, it bothers me. No, and it's not the age thing. Sleazy. It is the power dynamic, and it's mm-hmm. that he seems to kind of, he kind of goes through girlfriends the same way like Dutch Brothers or Menudo goes through people. <laughs> You hit a certain age and you're fucking out. Nobody over 25 works Dutch Brothers unless you're a manager. Which is sleazy. It's, or it's gross. And oh, that's what you meant. Okay. No, no, not the soup, the band. <laughs> I, I I also thought I you meant I thought you meant the soup and I thought you meant the coffee as it goes right through you. Oh. No. <laughs> like, go for it. It's hard. Their coffee goes right through you, that's for yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. Mainly cuz it's mainly just sugar. And and goes and gives money to a guy that wants to usurp tribal power in Oregon by opening his own casinos. Yeah, Dutch Brothers, we aren't interested in your no. money at all. Pass. Um, I don't even go for my free birthday one anymore, and I rarely turn down a free birthday coffee. I don't, I don't want. I don't yours. go at all. Said I just don't. Um. Yeah. No, I th- I think it's an important topic because I think especially. The higher profile that the Orville gets, mm-hmm. uh, if it does end up with a fourth season on Disney and and beyond, <laughs> people who watch the show should be aware of these things and think about this. And it doesn't mean they need to be shitty to Seth MacFarlane or to Ann Winters. It means that they should be cognizant that these things occur and not just idolize the things. Right. But or I mean, like, wh- where, where slash how do you separate the artist from the art? It was it, this, this concept and the stories that he wants to tell or the, the general idea of the stories that he wants to tell oh. are, are not super in line with. I think because he's not. With him being a weird. creep. 
He's not breaking any laws, which I know doesn't necessarily make things better or worse. Um, from what we all know, and we are all being commentators on the outside. Mm-hmm. Mm, of course. Um, uh, uh, God damn it. What's her name? Um, uh, Anne? The, Anne Winters. Anne Winters, for what we know, is also not being treated poorly. Um is not being coerced into it. That we know. Um, you guys have not watched enough of the season. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, things happen. Okay. Uh, her character goes through some shit. That's all I'll say. I mean, they all go through some shit, so that isn't really a spoiler. I, like, I figured that they were going through some shit. I, I didn't think that uh, the character of Charlie Burke, it... The way you've talked about her, the way she's just kind of forced into the position. Mm-hmm. Um, she is specifically supposed to be the voice of everyone else in the union and their reaction to the Kalon. Right. So, right. like, narratively, I don't question why she's there or why she's being pushed so much. Right. Um, at least, it, it, as far as that goes, there are things where it's like, she's the best pilot in the fleet. She's the best. I'm like, okay, that's a little, that's a bit much. Yeah. And then she's not the best her... pilot. She has that fourth dimensional thinking that very few organic people have. Yeah. She thinks fourth dimensionally. Mm. Um, and they brought her onto, uh, on that mission, that mm-hmm. diplomatic mission. I don't want to give too much away for anyone else who wasn't caught up. Um, I mean, I guess that also means that she's essentially Wesley Crusher. <laughs> yeah, because what's his name is the helmsman's technically the best pilot in the fleet. So. Yeah, Gordon. Gordon. And Gordon is. Gordon oh, yeah, is a totally fantastic is. pilot. But I oh really God. enjoy what um, Scott Grimes has done done with have that you character. Guys, gotten to the time travel episode? Nope. I mm-hmm. have. Like, like I said, I've just watched Tale of Two Topas. <sighs> and it sounds I, that's like my you, next one. Up yeah. On my, so you on just watched the Krill Homeworld episode. Yes. Yeah. That and that's the one where I'm like. They are really giving her a lot of airtime, dialogue, yep. just opportunities. It, and maybe if she wasn't such a negative element, and I, I do get why you need to have that, mm-hmm. I might not have questioned, uh, like, wow, there she's she's in this a lot all of a sudden for a brand new character. And to your comment that she, no, there, there's a reason that she is that that element. Mm-hmm. Any character could have been that. Any existing character in the show could have filled that role. It would have, it would have been a harder reach. Mm. Yeah, I get the only other, the only character I could think of that it would work with. Um, like you can't do it to Claire Finn. You can't do it to Penny Johnson. Right. She's got her own issues. She's going to deal with with Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make sense to make it Kelly Grayson, no. Palicki's character. Doesn't make sense to make it Mercer. For obvious reason. It's not going to make sense to make it Bordas. No. Because he's already been dealt with the fact that, like, his he's dealing with a lot of shit. The only one it kind of works with, and they touch on a little bit, is Lamar. And he's come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, because the, they wrote it that way. They've already... Yeah, the they, only... They've already... They, they, he's... Yeah, the only one, one. I, only one I see it working with, with would have been Talia. The new security. It also worked a little bit with... With uh, uh, Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that, but I, but I get why you bring in a new character to do this role. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she does have an evolution. I don't want to say more, but she definitely has an evolution of the character. 
I'm I'm curious to see how I'll feel about it by the time I get there. Yeah, I don't think your feelings personally are going to change about this the real life situation, mm-hmm. but you won't because I didn't like the character much either. I found her very abrasive because I just was like, I guess I just didn't want to have to sit through a character of like his people killed everybody, and even though he clearly did everything he could to stop it, I'm still going to fucking hate him anyway. Like that trope is boring to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I get it for maybe an episode or two. I. I don't know. I just. It's like. Eh. I guess also the fact that we, you know from the big from episode one, you know, we're getting all of these really strong feelings from a character who's not a main character. She's never. We never met her until this new season, but all of a sudden we really care about how upset she is. Yeah, and they kind of gloss over the quote roommate also of hers who dies in the fight. Mm-hmm. They, they give you more later on, but it's pretty obvious the first time she talks about her. It's like, oh, no, you were in love with her. You guys were meant to be together, and now she's dead. Mm-hmm. Well, she She's talked about her old friend already. I, I guess I must not have picked up on this. But... Oh, that was in the first episode. Yeah. Well, okay, then, she, I for, then I forgot. Yeah, yeah. She, she explains why she hates the Kalon so much. Yeah. Because she's in love with the Roman. Okay. Well, yeah. she talks about, you know, I, I lost my best friend, da 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 And you realize, I even realized in the first episode of like, yeah, you wanted her to be more than your friend. And yep. you never acted on it, and now it's too fucking late. So you're also dealing with your own guilt mm-hmm. of not saying how you truly felt about this woman. Mm-hmm. So. But then that, I don't know, like that feel like that feel like that makes it worse that, she she has figured out what the real problem is, but she's still really kind of well. That's that's what I mean. Is the issue is they never bring that back up. It's referenced. I don't want to say a lot. It is referenced one more time. Okay. But I think a okay. part of her growth had included the fact of like I'm also mad at you because you reminded me that I didn't do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Losing her still would have sucked, but at least everything that needed to be said between us would have been said. All right, and I'll, they don't, I'll and they never, and they never get to that. But that being said, don't let that discredit this season. This season has been, and you guys aren't done with Dopa, Topa. Like, <laughs> I, I was think wondering we when we would get back to that because we we talked about that after we all watched the first episode. Is uh, whatever happened with Topa and? Uh... No, after a tale of two Topa, there's another one. There's yeah. another. There's another Topa epic centric episode that. Yeah, there's also a lot of yelling. In A Tale of Two Tobas. Yelling? Is it oh, da- yeah. Daddy and Daddy are yelling? Oh, yeah. It's ugly. Yeah, they, oh, you haven't seen Tale of Two Topas yet? No, no she, it's she the has. next oh, one. I fucking, oh, okay. She just watched the Krill episode. Oh, I'm God. I'm, I messed it up. Yep. God, that Krill episode was brutal, too. Yes, it was. The, Hi, we're going to show you what you could have had in and a that hologram. One was, that one was really on the nose. It's like, jeez. Like, 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 yeah, that, that covered everything from nuance. the election to abortion then to top it off with oh by the way here's your kid yeah what that was that was the hard left turn for me where i just sat there going what did you just do (laughs) yeah Yeah. and i'm not gonna say more the other reason why i really fucking need a season four is there are so many threads that happen they they tie up some things really well but they have created so many threads in this season that it will be like a crime. Yeah, I can see that. To not flesh them out because more shit goes down. Way more shit goes down. Jeez. Um, but it's good. It's pretty solid. Yeah, there is not a. The first couple episodes have under an eight rating on IMDb. The rest of them all have an eight plus. I don't believe the seven point nine 
on Tale of Two Topas. I'm like, mm, no, that feels like that's shitty dude bros yeah. downvoting something. Yeah. That's why it's it's hard to fully trust internet to, voting. Sure. Does that mean have you guys seen yet the one about Yeah, where they where the that future entity makes them experience fear? That's the mortality paradox. Yeah. Yep. That one was cool. It's so that they can experience fear and death. The the right. the, the yeah. feeling that of what you feel right before death. That was a wait. weird fucking episode. The one thing they haven't touched on, and Adriana Palicki has hinted at this in interviews, this is an altered timeline. What? From season two, when Kelly had a chance to reset her life, and she still made some changes. Oh, God, that's Shit. right. This is a sl- this is like that TNG episode where uh, Picard's set in the past. And the closer he comes to the present is where the disaster comes. Mm-hmm. And he regains more and more consciousness as he comes back to the... Yeah, this is like a slightly altered timeline that Kelly created. That's true. And they... Uh, yeah. I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was also tied into the Kalon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. So, it it's fun. It, it still gets to the, back to the fact that this is not the show I ever thought we were going to have these conversations about. No, uh-uh. Um, I think it's much stronger for it. Yep. But yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to keep watching it. I'm still invested in what's happening. There's just some, there's just been Watch, some weirdness. So overall, enjoy what you want to enjoy. Yeah. Find the things that, that are out there that are great. But if the people behind it are doing some questionable shit, it is okay you are not you are not doing the art wrong by calling out the artist for questionable behavior. Yeah, and so far he hasn't done something that makes me not want to watch his stuff anymore. Sure. He's no Roman Polanski. That was the name that popped into my head too. Yeah. Also fuck Roman Polanski. Yes. Um I still don't get people that are like, "Whoa, he should come back to the US and go to jail." Yeah. Even if the woman no longer holds, she's been on interviews saying, I no longer hold any ill will to him. Still a crime. I don't care. Still a crime. Yeah. Yep. She could have gotten over it. His, what he owes to society fun. has not gotten over it. It doesn't make it okay. Yeah. It's, right. That, that's just for her personal journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, that feels we can't very end much the show like... on a Roman Polanski comic. <laughs> Space well, hamsters. Next week, oh we, shit, yeah. Next week, uh, the twenty third, we are going to have a special guest. Um, we talked about this last week. Uh, Witch Hunt Theater, yes. uh, the Witch Hunt Theater troupe um, performed at the the Ghosts of Summer, the Halloween convention we went to. Mm-hmm. So we have lined up an interview with the the creative director uh, Taylor Stark. Um, so she'll be joining us uh, remotely and to talk about Death Race, which is their project Super for September for that, that I, we have to do it. We, we fucking know. have we to, to. We need to get a team sorted. Yeah. Yep. We need three more people. Yeah. I, I really needs, think it, we need to do to a team six. of six. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, it, Look them up on I, on IMDb on Instagram, uh, Witch Hunt Theater, uh, Theater R E, mm-hmm. not E R. Fancy theater. Fancy theater. theater. They are an immersive, site specific 
performance troupe, and uh, they love working in horror. So, so there are people there. Oh, <laughs> horror! I wanky want to audition nerds. for them so fucking bad. <laughs> you should find out how first. I, I know schedules make it hard, but it, it, this is true. But you know, I can ask. Right. So. I just, I just want to scare people again. I just <laughs> I want to scare people professionally. That's all I want to do. Um, but yeah, we've got that coming up. Uh, we are uh, awaiting word back from Gwen and Brian. They've had a whirlwind summer as well. And they're not done yet. I, and they're I'm not done. guessing they'll be at Emerald City this weekend. Yep. Um, and, they'll and probably be at Rose City in a couple weeks. Yes, so. they will. But they Ocean and Dragon Con. Oh, good God. Oh, yeah, no. It's Emerald City. Dragon, Dragon Con, Con, one Rose, week off, Rose, Rose City. City. So, but, you know, they're still doing the um, HP Lovecraft Film Fest, so we're trying to work with them so that we can get some guests lined up for September. Yep. Um, in Why October, we? the first, we're going to talk to a bunch of other horror people. Our first guest for October, um, well, not our first guest, the, the first guest that's replied to us and said, yes, I want to be on the show. We met back in July, and that's Alex Spieth. Director of Stag. Yeah. Her first feature film that is a horror comedy. It's fucking hilarious. And drinker of many beers with us at Dots. <laughs> oh, my God. She's great. She's great. Um, <laughs> she's a lot of fun. That'll, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's going to be a whole episode of we're just going to sit around bullshitting about horror movies. So Yeah, we'll make sure she plugs her movie, but we're just going to nerd out for yeah. uh, yeah. 90 minutes or whatever. It's going to be great. Yeah. So, and she's... Those are just the first of many that we're trying to line up and yep. and uh, bring you new horror content. It is it is spooky season. Yes, it's officially season. spooky season. And uh, yet again, I feel like I'm Bernie Sanders. I am yet again asking you, uh, if you have a place that you think is haunted and you would allow us to do an overnight investigation. At night. At night. Very let clear us know. about this. And overnight, we would have to be there all night. You can also be there, but know that, you know, it is overnight at that location. Um, this is not a suggestion of like, oh, this place has done that. D- do you do you have access to this? Is yeah. this your place? No. Then don't recommend it. Okay. Unless you know them and you can ask them yes. to reach My us. friend Bob owns a bed and breakfast and he would love, it, it's haunted and he would love to have you come out. And do your whole haunting thing. That's what we're looking for. Yes. Only only volunteer other people to this with their consent. Yes. Correct. Cons- we're big on consent on this show. Yeah. And in life in general. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, GITCradio at gmail.com or literally any of our socials. Like, we're all really easy to find. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I couldn't find you on. So Yes, you can. It's all of my it. profiles are still public. Yeah. So are mine. I mean, they always have been. Mine aren't, but I should probably change that. But people still find me, is the N- point. No, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> I, 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 Mine was only public because I was in a public location, and now it's still public out of default, but... Ah, uh, right. Yep. I don't always recommend it. <laughs> yeah. It's good to have a boundary. It brings out the fun. Also, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to do, maybe I'll do it this week. I'll have to build up the courage to do it. But I'm going to do, with Season of the Bruja, the same thing Mason Alexander Park did when they were trying to get the role of Desire in Sandman. 
And just start tweeting it. They just they... tweeted to at Neil Gaiman, like, I need to be in this show. I don't care what it takes. I need to be your desire. I need to just be like, hey, at Neil Gaiman, you need to read Season of the Bruja. I've got a copy for you. I will send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. CC Lin-Manuel Miranda, just for the hell of it. We, we approve. Yeah, I know. Every time I bring it up, though, like other pros, someone like, it's super like tacky to do that. I'm like, well, just because you guys have more contacts than I do. Um, hustle. I know we're tangentially connected, like three degrees, three degrees of Neil Gaiman. You're not three degrees. Two? Yeah. You and then him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, just saying. Or Mike. Yeah. Yeah, you you are far less than, yeah. We are, fuck. We are like two degrees away from most of Hollywood. Oh, I know. Look what it's gotten us. (laughs) We we also don't capitalize on that because that is not why we are friends with people. Yeah, that gets frustrating. Mm -hmm. But meh. Um, well, think about the friends who do capitalize on who you know. That's what I mean. That's what I meant by it, it gets frustrating. Yeah. That, so don't yeah. be don't be that person. And, and besides, the, I mean, you aren't. Is no, the point? I know. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus. But like, I don't know that I agree with comics professionals to say no. That's tacky. No, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, ask Steve. If Steve thinks it's tacky, it might be tacky. Otherwise... And I don't think he thinks it does. No, he doesn't. Finally, before we sign off, I just want to say Luis Guzman looks fucking fantastic as Gomez Adams. Is that who they're casting? Uh, Fangoria released the picture today. Because Catherine Zeta-Jones was cast as Morticia a while ago. Uh, he looks like a comic Gomez Adams. So, I'm excited. It's for the for the Wednesday series. So, I'm pretty pumped for that. At least for now. Uh, cool, 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 cool. With that being said, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bean Rita. And I'm Cable Hashitani. And this has been Geek in the City Radio coming to you live from Guardian Games. Ooh. Talk to everybody next week. <laughs> <laughs>